darkest corners of the podcast dungeon, you have come across another goddamn horror podcast with Graham Faye, Jonas Barnes, and Ryan Danley. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to yet another goddamn horror podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Ryan Danley, coming to you from uh, a beautiful, like, uh, 85 degree day in Portland, Oregon. Um, like, it's just like the heat has kind of died down. It's supposed to get hot again soon. Um, you know, it's Portlandy. It's real Portlandy. So, um, Jonas, how's, uh, how's, uh, how's Bushwick? Dude, our heat wave is over, and I'm so happy. Yeah. I've been consistently sweating for i think at least the last 30 days straight and did you, did, did you mean 30 years no 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 39 years dude i came out of my mom already sweating i'm sure <laughs> like i'm absolutely sure of it but no we fucking uh, yeah dude our heat waves over and we hit like a 85 degrees today and it felt cool and nice out and i was like oh thank god but it's probably gonna fucking come up again next week but yeah we're, we're 85 done with it felt like just a refrigerator out it was today. so it was good it was so good oh so good i spent my whole weekend was spent walking in the like miles too like none of the, the queue didn't work i went to two different shows to go see the la hardcore band sweat who we've had on the show go check that out they're amazing they rule. They rule. but anyway uh, i went to go see them two nights in a row at two different places and I walked basically from like the G to the Kings and then back. And I always go wherever I go, like three hours early by accident because I don't trust trains. So I just end up walking around like the blocks. Anybody who, uh, which is most of our listeners, I think, have never walked anywhere with Graham. I have walked someplace. <laughs> <laughs> and Graham walks at a pace that's like not like normal. Like it, like it made me like rethink him. It's and New York, <laughs> dude. It's, it's New York normal. That's like, what I, it I, is. Like it wasn't. It, we, you know what? It was fat phobic. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna come out there and say it was fat phobic. Like, you know what, dude? No, no, I gotta call bullshit, dude, because I am a fat dude in New York, and I also know exactly how he walks, and that's what it is. It is a New York walking speed because you got to do that once you move here, because if not. You Don't get knocked over. I will. Either, I will keep it West Coast. I will cruise because nope. you know what? Okay. All right. Should we introduce our guest? We should. should. We okay. should. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, we have uh, drummer Paul Christensen from Pathos and Logos. Welcome, up, Paul. guys. Did I say it right? Yeah, you know what? It's funny. We get that question a lot. I say pathos. Kyle says pathos. So okay. everyone is just constantly confused. <laughs> okay, <laughs> awesome. Cool. So I'll stay confused. That's great. Awesome. So yeah, so uh, this is Paul the drummer. Uh, you're 50% of the band, uh, right? There's That's only true. one other. Uh, Kyle, the guitarist. So you guys are an instrumental metal band. Um, what kind of metal would you say that you play? Uh, I It's closest i guess to the what you the modern iteration of progressive um we're okay. basically you can think of pathos and logos as animals as leaders without the burden of genius 
So <laughs> ah, I like that. I do like okay. that a lot. It's, it's kind of like it's yeah, it's kind of like animals as leaders. If you order ordered us off of Wish.com. Okay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was listening to the new EP, uh, Cult, and it's right. It's, it's called Cult, yes, sir. I believe. Yeah, uh, it's fucking awesome. Um, you guys are great. Uh, and and I, I'm always curious. Uh, did did the no lead singer? Did the instrumental thing come because you just didn't want one, or was it out of necessity, or how does that happen? So it was. Uh, you could call it born out of necessity. Uh, Kyle and I would have preferred to have a full band, but Reader's Digest condensed version, which is funny that I'm giving sure. you the condensed version because we <laughs> have an entire podcast. But, but suffice it to say, he and I have been in bands together since 2006. And oh, time okay. and time again, more, more like conventional setups, like four dudes, five dudes. And we always end up being the last two men standing. The last band that we were in before Pathos and Logos, which is called The Caveat, it's um, – the lead guitar player was Mikey Stansel from a Legion. I don't know whether you guys are. Yeah. To the band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Mikey yeah. from the Legion was in our band. So oh, cool. he obviously had fealty to a Legion. You can't fault the guy for that. And then, yeah. uh, it's become kind of like a, a like a fun anecdote or like a fun story to tell, <laughs> but the bass player, our buddy, Nick, like played, the CD release show for the caveat in Denver. And then home dude like glanced at his watch and was like, well, boys, uh, I got a job at Tesla. So I'm moving my wife and my daughter to Sparks, Nevada. I got oh, shit. so like, and like, dude, like what, you know, like you, you fellas know what I'm saying. Like, what are you going to say to the guy? Like stay in our Denver Metro area broadband <laughs> instead of making six figures working for Ken, like with your family. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, no. It's cool. Like your wife and daughter will understand. Just stay <laughs> uh, so I get, I get that you're just a poser, right? You're just not about the music, right? <laughs> oh, I, I can't even. Oh, I thought it was about the music, bro. <laughs> like, so he makes so much money now, dude. So, but <laughs> circling back to the original point, Kyle and I realized, like, okay, well, we're the ones that want to keep going, and so the truth of the matter is, uh, fellas, ever since sort of distilling it down just to a duo. We have done everything that we've ever wanted to do and more. So that's awesome. Yeah, took a little adjusting to be sure, but we're definitely happy with the format. You were like the diamonds in in the middle and you just had to get rid of like (laughs) everything around and crush it down. Yeah, that's awesome. Get everything else out of the way to be free. I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of feel like it's uh, it's uh, it kind of like makes you special a little bit. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's a lot of bands with four or five dudes and doing the thing and stuff like that. But like you guys create a lot of noise for what you do. Um, it sounds really good. It's really pleasant. thank you, Rap. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's 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 uh, it's good. And um, I'm a fan. I'm personally a fan of like like instrumental stuff. Um, we, um, you know, I just think that I listen to a lot of instrumental hip hop. I listen to a lot of instrumental, but sometimes it's nice just to like, listen to something like that's just like, it's just kind of like letting the, like the music speak for itself. And, and so like, and particularly that there's two of you, which creates, I, I've always been like a, 
you know, a three-piece band fan, you know, in general, like, because I just think it's tighter and it's just like uh, able to do, and, um, and so, and so you just had two. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great project. So good for, good for you. Good, okay. Thank you, man. Thank you. It, it took some doing, but uh, sure. we, we definitely enjoy it. Yeah. Well, and you, you, you're taking a really cool uh, uh, process in, in releasing it, right? With, with tarot cards? Can you tell us about the tarot cards? So, <laughs> so, you know what, actually, like, you fellas, I'm sure you remember, dude. Back in the day, you go, you buy that album or you buy that CD, and there was, like, a ritual to it. You t- you're looking at the liner notes, you're checking the oh, yeah. out. So, the, we refer to the tarot card set. And actually, there's also, like, a, uh, a coffee table book format. And I'd be lying to you to tell you that it isn't a little bit fun to like mm-hmm. point at this like coffee table book and be like, that's the record. <laughs> <laughs> like it's fun, dude. It's fun. Yeah. Hell we, yeah. <laughs> we thought about it. So we were touring on the songs for cult. Uh, I, I hope you'll pardon my oversight here, guys. I like kind of like I got in the door and like got everything set up kind of quickly. My, my day was packed really tightly. And so I like rushed into my room and I see that you all being professionals and having forethought all put your cameras on something steady. I'm like holding mine in my hand like a genius. <laughs> so I, appreciate, I appreciate your patience with me. But uh, no, we, you're, just the, you're just the found footage part of our podcast right now. That's what it is. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Yeah, it, it would have been cool if he wasn't so Blair Witchy about the camera. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we had been touring on the songs for Cult for about a year. The recording, the actual recording of the album got done relatively quickly. Uh, Kyle and I have been recording together for a long time. And Kyle is a, an expert recording engineer, actually with a lot of, like he's the type of cat, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I mean, just knowing him for a long time, he plays it tight to the vest, but he's got some pretty impressive album credits. Um, you know, he, his name is on the inside of some pretty cool records. So we, we got it done pretty quickly. We went out on the road with it. We realized, you know, I mean, I, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know. You know that there's cars that are coming out today, certain models of car that they don't even have CD players in them anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, so what do you do? It, like, it costs your pain. It hurts because, you know, I'm, I'm a CDs guy, of a, a vinyl guy to a certain degree. So in the face of people just changing the way that they consumed music well, what do you do and so we came up with the tarot for- format we call it a codex and it it did us several things at once it gave us the opportunity to kind of weave in a little bit of like the occult narrative or energy that we have going on behind what we're doing uh it was it gave us the opportunity to produce a physical talisman like a cd or like a, a vinyl record that you can hold in your hand mm-hmm. there's art on it and uh, but on the back, there's QR codes that take you to playthrough videos that have mixed and mastered versions of the songs, and then a, a two other QRs that take you to tour dates and to the merch store. Uh, because in 2022, for a lot of people who are consuming music, your phone is the record player, man. Right. Yeah. So, Yo, that is so cool. And and there's something about like. I can see just diving into something like that, like getting sucked in, like like I would just vinyl. Like I have a, a wall of records over here. I collect vinyl still. I collect Blu-rays and DVDs and everything. I like the physical format. 
but like the idea that like you can like do the QR code and go to the merch store and like all this different stuff, like you're going to get fans that way that like really care and stuff and have like had an experience more than just the listening to the record on their phone, which is, it's fucking rad. I think it's so cool. So. Well, you know, Graham, listen, I appreciate you saying that because, you know, Kyle and I talk about this all the time. Like, dude, like you guys see like the little, little salt and pepper action up in there. We've been in the game for a while. And uh, so not only are we kind of steering into it full bore at a time that's a little bit later on than certain other musicians uh, or bands who would be playing music like this. But we, dude, it's like we, the, the codex thing, the tarot format, we made it up in our brains. And, you know, so like fun. They're, they're, we're super fun, super fun. <laughs> but it's very validating to hear somebody like you say that you think that it's a cool idea because you just don't know how something like that is going to go. It's untested. You know, you know, you're just there's a little bit of an element to getting dressed in the dark with it. So sure. every time sure. somebody has a positive comment about it, it just continues to like bolster you and make you feel like you're onto something that may have, you know, uh, that there might be meat on the proverbial bone, if you will. You know, I think, you know, I think that like combining that and creating it, like it, it does, it does give us like the, the want of it. Like, you know, when you say it's a coffee table book, I'm like, I want that, you know, and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, and you know, and it's, uh, you know, I think whenever you're getting into multimedia things, whether it be like, like cool things for this and a carrier of this or, or your or your parliament funkadelic or your like with the with the with the carrot or your guar or your digital underground or any of these bands that are like I'm gonna I'm gonna now attack like three or four different art forms in one thing. It's always like it's always a chance, but what it ends up being is like super fucking cool. You know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. it's just like more art, it's just and it's different <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. it's like and it's like and it just like be able to flex those as somebody who writes and who likes things and who likes um particularly things that are like um like like talus like when you say like talisman i go ooh, like you know what i mean like it's like a i'm a horror head i'm a guy who grew up like reading cult books i'm my my mother's eastern european you know that shit like fucking like you know that shit matters you know what i mean and it's like <laughs> and so it's like you know like like um so when i hear that stuff and you're doing that stuff and everything it just like creates your project into like good and it's like almost like that's what i'm saying almost to like the the the, the music with just two guys and no vocals it really lends itself to like that sort of like now this big spooky back you know what i mean and i, I don't like yeah that. gentlemen now i don't mean to get ahead of myself here but since like you were talking about like this the the yeah again obviously like horror podcast man like you know like we like you're you'll you'll be shocked to discover that i'm a fan of horror movies big <laughs> surprise but um Depending on how we we can do it, we can explore it if you guys want to. But depending on how uh, deep down the rabbit hole you want to go, I, Kyle and I. Uh, so you know, like anything involving art, um, if people are really serious about it, it enters into something beyond just something you do. It gets to a level, you know, depending on who you are and what it means to you, where it can literally be almost like a lifestyle. You know, like you, sure. you could be devoted to it almost in the way that somebody would be devoted to like a religious pursuit. 
Sure. Well, Kyle and I, and the fun, the fun part about this in a certain way is that this precedes the existence of Pathos and Logos. Kyle and I ratcheted that up to another level, man, and came up with an entire system of like language and iconography um, where it's basically mu uh, uh, music is magic kind of thing. Mm -hmm. what, I, what I'm getting at here, fellas, is <clears throat> there's a book. If we want to... I can get y'all the book and, you know, and I can show it to you real quick. Um, one of the things you'll understand why I say this, we don't lead with this necessarily, but a lot, everything ranging from certain of the rhythms that occur on the cult record to literally the keys of the songs. Uh, it's all kind of encoded in this Enchiridion that we made this, this book or tome. So right. Uh, Certain the, the rhythms are tied to particular sigils that we have vested energy and intention into. So by utilizing the rhythms from the book and the, the, the kind of energy around the keys of the songs for the book in the songs themselves, it literally turns not just each individual song, but the record as a whole into a de facto magical ritual. So, Yo, so I, fucking dude, cool. I fucking, I'll put it, I have to say this right now, dude. I fucking love sigil magic. So this is like right down my alley. I fucking love Sick, this shit, dude. Okay. <laughs> like, so, I, dude, I felt like I could trust you guys. Like telling you that. Like I'm yeah, sure you understand. Well, I feel like art absolutely is magic. Like I, I feel like in, in a sense, like like art, I, magic is very often is, is the creation of feelings or what is perceived to be magic is, is a feeling it, you know, it, whether it be a love potion or whatever, it's something like that. Yes. Music causes feelings out of thin air. They're like, it's just, that's so that's magic as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and, and like when it's a physical, like unexplained magic, like that's often just pretty science is the explanation. Like it's artsy science was the explanation. Like an explosion, like the, the Aurora Borealis is, is an artsy explanation of science, like, but it's fucking looks magical. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Like early, early iterations of science yeah, yeah. were intrinsically like witchcraftish. Exactly. Exactly. What is often considered to be magic or magical is, is either music or pretty science <laughs> i don't know where i'm Dude, going this but well, yeah. no, no, uh, Graham, i think i'm picking up what you're putting down man like the truth of the matter is is uh the experience of playing in pathos and logos the experience of making music <clears throat> sorry based off of the book the book is called the sanctum inan and taking information or you know, sigils, uh, the, the meaning, the intention, the energy behind all that material and making a record out of it has been a pretty big lesson for Kyle and I in the kind of the study and the observance of human energy. There are people that, because, you know, I, I don't know, like we, we still bring the books out on the, there's another book that I've started called the, um, the Liber Impermissus, the playfully interpreted the book that is not allowed. Uh, but we, we take them out on the road with us and stuff. And we have actually friends, fellow musicians of ours. There was a fellow who had uh, an experience with the occult that shook him up pretty bad. And he saw the book and like shied away from it, dude. Like, oh, like shit. yeah, yeah. So it's just a weird thing to think that something that you created could have an effect 
that is so powerful on another human being that they literally felt at that moment like they couldn't even be in the same room with it. You know, it's human energy is wild, man. And, yeah. uh, the one question I do have, though, is as a horror film. Yes, sir. Do you, do you think this is a good idea? Have you seen Deathgasm? I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> boys, I've seen Evil Dead 2 enough times to know that I'm playing with fire. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. Deathgasm, as long as you, yeah. The Deathgasm, they play the record. Uh, shout out to Jason Howden. He's a friend of the show. Good dude. Um, uh, he listens, so I know he's listening. So, um, right uh, on, dude. It's just like, you know, I just say, you know, when you're like, I'm going to put all this magic on here. And I'm like, that's great. Until you open the gate, and the <laughs> gate happens, and then we have to deal with, like, little monsters. You do have to be you careful know? fucking with magic books. You do. <laughs> you straight up do. No, you know, so although, you know, I know that there, we are running the risk of a claymation demon rising up from hell. That, that <laughs> tiny child Stephen Dorff has to find a way to send back to the Although oh, I know yes. that we're like running that risk. You know what? Actually, the truth of the matter is I'm glad to have an opportunity to talk about this. We have discussed this recently over the past couple of months, you know, with the, the release of the record, the release of the, the codex and stuff. And I've never really gotten to touch on this point. So I'm, I'm grateful to you guys for the opportunity to make the point that I'm about to make now, awesome. Awesome. which is the, the idea being that that's part of what Kyle and I were going for creating the book is that it's not store-bought, it's homegrown. Right. We, cultivated it with our own will, our own intentions, all of the stuff inside of it functions according to rules and parameters that we set. And so like, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that you don't still periodically feel a little like, I don't know. You still get that little bit of like Steven Dorff is going to have to send the rocket into the heart of the demon. <laughs> you still get that feeling from time to time, but it's, it, it, it was a little bit born of, you know, yes, yeah, somewhere between wanting to kind of make your own rules and have things operate, you know, world build, if you will, in your own way, but uh, also just find a way to up the ante on that kind of, quasi or semi-religious feeling that you got from years of devotion to your craft right love it so cool so, so good good for you so are you selling the book or do you just have the <clears throat> so the, the the codex for instance like the coffee table book format right. which is related to the book uh is for sale but actually yeah the, the books that we like Make them by hand and like my bloods in it and shit. Like, like I literally, like, guys, it's not inappropriate for me to like describe it as like a lot, like a lot of my blood, my actual blood (laughs) is in that book. So, like, no, as a matter of fact, it's after a certain point, we're not even going to take it out on the road with us anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, For sure. Yeah. Because there's, because there's one dude, there's only one, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I, you Listen, know, you know, I, if, I, if, if that ever got stolen, though, it would be the perfect thing to be able to find. They'll be just like, just test the DNA on the inside of the book. We'll figure out who's <laughs> They do a 23 and me on it. And like, my name comes up. <laughs> Kyle's name comes up. Yogg-Sathoth is somehow connected to it. You know what I mean? Like, 
So, I, I, my my dream was uh, my life dream, which may never may or may never happen, which is to uh, be the guy who owns like a like an old bookstore um, that like the demon hunters have to like come into, and then I take them down to like a room where I have like all all sorts of old incantations, you know, like all this stuff that they have to do and then they have to go out and take the information that i gave them and they have to go out and fight and then they come back later and i'm dead killed by the you know what i mean like it's uh, yeah that's that's the coolest way to die you know what i mean like i'm so like um, so that's what that's my that's my that's my end game dude no you you hit the nail on the head if you're gonna go out like you go out when the party comes back to find you to consult you and you're gone yeah. but not before a super <laughs> sick detailed studying the occult montage yeah you know exactly, I mean? exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. i'm telling you it's, uh, i'm telling you the old the old bookstore guy that they that they have to use and i even wrote a hard times article about it you know what i mean like uh, that uh, the poser bookstore guy doesn't even have like you know can't even like uh, have anything in ancient sumerian you know and so it's like uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, bro. Do you even <laughs> Q, do you even cuneiform? Exactly. <laughs> what you have like ten copies of Catch Twenty Two, bro? Like I'm um, like like. <laughs> I, 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 I use Catch Twenty Two all the time because like everybody's house has that book, and like that's and, right. and nobody reads it, but everybody. Oh, they're, they're like Kincaid paintings. Exactly. Yeah, like that's exactly everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> Um, well, I think I'm curious to hear uh, what, what Paul's answers for the Sinister Six are. So uh, I think we should hop into this real quick. Are, are you ready for this, Paul? Let's go, baby. All right. Sinister Six. First question. Freddie or Jason? Ooh. The f- I, yo, I thought I was ready. Uh, <laughs> I got to go. You know what? I got to go, Freddie. But that's neck and neck, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, fair. Yeah. Yeah. For most people, Uh, it is. For most people, those, you know, it's hard. It's hard to split the baby on that one. Like, it really is. 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 Which which doubtless is the reason why that's the first. Uh, Yeah, that's that's (laughs) that's putting you to the test, dude. Shit. Yeah. All right. What's the difference between thriller and horror? Ooh. Uh, okay. If I do my best here to establish a difference, like horror seems like the horror can thrill, but the point of it is to try to elicit fear. A thriller is out to thrill. The word thrill is in it, and it may incidentally create fear, but the horror, the point of it, the central, the core of the thrill is fear-related. Yeah, no, that's very good. Yeah, yeah. This guy—it's almost like a roundabout way of what, like my answer to the, like it's, it. Sounds like it, which is like I think it's just persistent evil is horror. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think, I, I think horror has to deal with the concept of evil. Yeah, um, and whether that's a you know like a, a murderer's thing, I think thriller can deal with the concept of bad. The, um, and but like evil has to exist, and whether that's supernatural or you know what I mean, something it has to okay, be dude. You know what? I like the way you put that. Uh, technically speaking, a thriller could be I don't know, Sharknado. Right. You know, you, there's right. like a weather pattern full of sharks, but they're not necessarily <laughs> evil, right? I know, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of different cool ways of, of thinking about it, actually. Um, like we've had a couple of people say, uh, you know, they call it a thriller when they want to win awards. Uh, we had Brian Yuzna, famous uh, director, producer. You know, you know, Yo, Yuzna. Fucking, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, Yuzna just said uh, bodily fluids, <laughs> which is such an incredible answer. So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Next one. What horror movie influenced your taste the most? Okay. I gotta go with, like, I, I realize, of course, that this also sort of, like, is in the world of sci-fi, but I just, like, I've watched From Beyond more than I tell other people. Yes. You know what I mean, dude? Like, yes. gone back and read the Lovecraft story, like, did my homework on it, dude, and uh, so, like, there's something about the energy of that movie. I yeah. Don't know, dude. Yeah, I love that movie absolutely, uh, and and that's a hundred percent yeah horror. Like we can, I count a lot of that kind of sci-fi, especially as horror. Sci-fi and horror, pretty, pretty equal for me. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, holy shit! Um, Great answer. Excellent answer. Excellent answer. Uh, if you could erase one movie from existence, what would it be? If I could erase a movie from existence. Uh, there might be people who love this movie, but uh, it would be for my my benefit and for my wife's benefit. We've seen this movie three and a half times. We tr- we tried to watch it the full fourth time, like in the throes of the pandemic, like when everybody was like locked down and shit was fucked up. Martyrs, boys. <laughs> oh. Martyrs, dude. I would, I would unmake martyrs, wow. like, dude. Wow. To this, to this day, whenever any of my friends come at me and say, "I want a movie that's gonna ruin my night," I always have to ask them. <laughs> I always have to ask them, "Do you want a night ruiner? Do you want a week ruiner? Or do you want a potential life ruiner?" And then every anytime they're like, anytime they're like, "Fucking hit me with a bad one," I'm like, "Go watch Martyrs." Like yeah. every time, I'm like, "Go watch Martyrs," and they always walk out of it like, "What the fuck did you do to me?" <laughs> I I love I love that you've seen it almost four times and still and now want to get rid. That's amazing, no, dude. No, it's like. Because, yo, because I don't know, like me and my, my, yo, my wife showed it to me. Like, so (laughs) somewhere between, somewhere between like, what have you done to me? And like, I married the right person is is where martyrs has lied for us. But there was just when like, when like everything with COVID was fresh and like the media was at a fever pitch and you're all like freaked out and like, treating every human being as a potential vector for disease like and you're all like freaked out in your fucking house like you know what i don't know whether or not i would want to reverse the existence of martyrs i think i want to erase that that last 50 percent and then maybe like in a year from now rewatch it again i think maybe (laughs) after like we were you know stabilizing a little bit more but I, I want I want to <laughs> remove that fifty percent of that last watch from existence. That was weird. <laughs> Shit got weird. Yeah, it was just one too many. You did just that. We're like it was just 
everybody had a kind of a psychic sunburn and yeah, like there's yeah. a living human who's flayed in the movie it's like I don't it's know. rugged <laughs> grizzly boys grizzly dude alright let's switch it up are ghosts real I think that they are and I think that a lot of things that people question whether or not they're real are real, but uh, that's the point of it is that they're real. I think that science has a long way to go in terms of uncovering what does and does not exist. And I think that a lot of things that are typically considered supernatural phenomena are squarely physical and exist within physical reality. Just science hasn't caught up to them yet. Actually, Graham, it's a little bit like what you were talking about before. Like there was a period of time where there were certain humans who like heard thunder and thought that there were colossal birds in the atmosphere. (laughs) And then it ends up coming to light that it's just like, you know, an atmospheric thing going on. It's that, it's that, it's a thing. It's just, we don't totally get what it is yet. Yeah, there's probably atmospheres we don't even know about yet. Oh, yes, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, last one. Midsummer or hereditary? <sighs> How y'all gonna make me pick? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Making you split the baby again. <laughs> well, I've seen martyrs, so cutting a baby in half at this point is <laughs> easy. <laughs> it's just a little boring to me at this right. point. I guess it's splitting the child in half. Which, dude, which is actually funny, fellas, because uh, on that weird subject, like I just re listened to the audiobook of Pet Cemetery. Oh, shit. Oh, so like earlier today in like the world of my existence, Lewis Creed is disinterring his dead two-year-old son. Um, I would go hereditary for the hell factor. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, that would. Yeah, that works. Uh, Stephen King, by the way, uh, Pet Cemetery. Uh, people can love the, the movies. Are the first movie is great. Second movie is I liked it because I just kind of like that kind of thing. Uh, but, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but because uh, I'm, I'm really easy, uh, like it's just like I'm like people are like oh I didn't like the changes and stuff like that. I'm like a standalone movie. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, it was fine. Um, but like the original movie is great, but the book is fantastic. And all through. Uh, High school, I used to read it every uh, Christmas break. It was like my Christmas break read. And uh, I, I, and I can't strongly suggest it enough. It's like, it's a little poppier than, than King's other works. It's a little bit more like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like the length of The Shining, but it's like, but it's not as like, like, like halfway through The Shining, you walk around bummed out all the time if you're reading The Shining. Oh, right. <laughs> because it's like, it's just like, it's just a bummer. It's heavy. It's yeah. a heavy book. It's a bummer of a book, but Pet Cemetery is a little bit more fun. You know what I mean? Like a little bit more, like kind of, you know, like that classic, like, like horror that, like traditional that, spooky horror. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. Stephen King personally likes, mixed with his like nearly dead kid thing that he puts in all his movies. You know, and um, so, <laughs> um, so, um in all Stephen stories. King does get fucked up going to an attic and write about dead kids. Yeah, he's That's just. just <laughs> It's kind of his, that's his coke ritual. He gets coked out and goes into an attic. Oh, and what a classic moment of it's funny because it's true. (laughs) No, but you, so fellas, you know what I mean? Like, dog, like, 
what Stephen King, what happened to you, homie? Like, what did you see that this keeps coming up over it and keeps, over again? And it's, he's honestly, he's so good, too. It's still, like, oh, dude, he's, he's done so much for just horror in general. And I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't even see a lot of people bag on him. But, like, even if they do, it's always like, I'm just bored with him because there's too much. Like, yeah, I, I think there was a period of time. He's just like, he's like bacon where everybody hated it for a hot second because it was like, oh, this is. A, and then all of a sudden now people are like, oh, wait a second. This shit's rad. You know what I mean? Like, also, he's like, really great on Twitter and shit, too. He's like yeah, he's a fun, a, smart he, guy. Like, he's good people. Yeah, yeah he's good people. He's, yeah. You know, he's he shows great. up and he shows up in movies and has fun little cameo parts. My favorite Stephen King, uh, like little side note story is when they asked him about Maximum Overdrive. And they were just like, what were you thinking when you made that movie or when you wrote that? And he was like, I don't even remember writing it. I was so coked out of my skull the whole time. And then everybody was like, everybody was like, oh, that that actually makes total sense now that we've watched the movie. Like, yeah. Just like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, um, my uh, only joke is my only joke is that uh, uh, because I'm surrounded by stand-up comics, but uh, is that Maximum Overdrive is the only movie directed by cocaine. It literally is. Because <laughs> it, it, it's actually it's it's the only movie directed by Stephen King. It's only the only Stephen King movie directed by Stephen King, which is you know where you think I'm gonna go. I don't know. That's my nope. Favorite. It's the truth. Though. He's like nope. Cocaine yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, he was just like he was just gacked out the entire yeah. the whole time. Just Dude, partying before, with ACDC, I'm sure. Listen, man. Correct. Before before I went sober, I did a lot of coke and I did a lot of shit on those coke benders. Never did I write a fucking murderous vehicle movie, and I really wish <laughs> I would. I wish I would. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like Stephen King didn't do the like, bro. Let's start a business. He just wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Stephen King's cocaine rock bottom was maximum overdrive, and that fucking rules. All right? I fucking that love amazing. that movie. <laughs> that's, that's not even yeah, a rock dude. bottom. That's a rock fucking awesome. It's just um, fucking rock and roll. Um, the only, that was excellent. I, I, excellent. I, uh, Sinister Six, by the way, Paul. I'm not. Oh, a, excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I'm not a uh, I'm not a, a Family Guy fan, but my only Family Guy skit that I ever liked is uh, the dog. Is, I think his name is Brian. Was driving a car, and it, it hit somebody on the side of the road and said, "Oh my God, did I just run over Stephen King?" Referencing the time that he <laughs> by a car, and they said, "And they said, no, that's Dean Koontz." He's like, "Oh," and then backed over him. I think that, that, that was like, I'm like, that's a great joke. That's a great joke. That's pretty good. <laughs> solid, solid joke. Dude, it's fun. Yo, because that did happen. Did Stephen King yeah. literally got hit by, yep. was it a truck or a car? Yeah, a, a, a minivan. Yep. And then he bought the minivan. It was his neighbor that hit him because he was like on his regular walk in his house in Maine or whatever, near his house in Maine. He got hit, went to the hospital, like almost died, had his whole hip and everything shattered had to go like back on all these meds. And I know that like was worrying him because he had gotten clean and stuff. And like right. went and bought the car off the neighbor. Didn't like sue the neighbor or anything, bought the car off him just so he could smash it with a sledgehammer. <laughs> and then, Yo, and then that, like, <laughs> that's, that's kind of hard, dude. Like, yeah. that's, like <laughs> fucking like, just like that's flexing on him. Like, no, this is mine now. And then beats it with a bat or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's it. Like, get it, yeah. Stephen King. That is the epitome, awesome. the epitome of fuck you money right there. Like, that's yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> ah, yes. 
and then, then, he, then he kills him. I can't remember which book, but he kills the neighbor in a book. Yeah, he names the character after the neighbor and then kills him. Um, oh, so, yeah. that, I didn't know that. Yeah. Dude, Even this is the, this is what's going to happen. This is going to be the villain arc of Stephen King. There's going to be some <laughs> fucking investigation that's going to happen. It's going to uncover just a shitload of dead kids in New England, and he's going to be like, he's yeah, you done guys, it all. Yeah, yeah, dude. He's just going to be like, these you guys are, are terrible at your jobs. <laughs> did you just did you read any of my books? Of course, there's. Like, <laughs> I oh, told dude, you yeah, the like, address. <laughs> Stephen King has just been like playing 4D chess as a murderer the <laughs> entire time. Like, oh shit. Yep. All right, right. We uncovered the King conspiracy. Yeah, there it is. I see you, Stephen King. I see. I know what you're doing. Listen, I'm yeah. I'm still on Team King, so like I'm not even. Like, yeah, he's real good. Even, yeah, this is good. <laughs> Actually, I literally bought another one of his books today on Audible. So like, nice. Awesome. Yeah, we're yeah, you're good, buddy. Like yep. I, I get oh, yeah. he killed a couple kids. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, guys, I, on on a recording that is going to exist forever, I just said the phrase. <laughs> I get it, comma. You killed a couple of kids. <laughs> Good, it's a there's no way to sh- there's fun. no way to strike that from the record. <laughs> it came out of my mouth, boys. Yeah. There it is. Yep. Um, All right, should we do recommendations? Sure. Yeah, I'm in that. Hey, uh, Graham, Ryan, you want me to go first? <laughs> you guys yeah. are having a recommendation fight. This is weird. Yeah, it's a recommendation <laughs> fight. Um. Um, I've been listening to Lisk. Um, I think I might have mentioned it on the show before, but it's the Long Island serial killer podcast. Um, I kind of really like it's the Washington Post guy, the people who have like broken it down and are pretty much the foremost experts on, on, on the Long Island serial killer. If you're not familiar with Long Island serial killer, you probably remember the fact that he was using the phones of, uh, of uh, the murdered victims to call like their 15 year old sisters and explain what he had done to them and stuff like that. Um, um, uh, it's probably a cop, um, which, which is surprises nobody, but, um, but it's a, but it kind of breaks down a fucking weird story. Like spoiler the- alert. He's a dick. Just yeah, exactly. so clear. <laughs> no, 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 he's a dick. Um, I think like anybody who like I listen to a lot of stuff on serial killers, and if there's one thing that's consistent through all of them, beyond even the murders, they're all dicks. They're all, yeah, like, all, they're all dicks. Like you know what I mean? Like Ted Bundy, I can't even stand the sight of that guy. He's like, a, he's like, <laughs> like um, it's because you're like you're part of the ten percent of America that doesn't want to fuck him. That's why. Right, <laughs> it's right. Just, exactly. So many now. <laughs> no, it's just like I drive I five so much, you know, as much as any of those serial killers did, and I just like think about it. And you know, I mean, he was a husky. I mean, he's from Seattle. You know what I mean? So uh, fuck him. Um, but um, so <laughs> I love that you just made it a made it a cougar versus huskies. Thing like, okay. <laughs> like, 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 oh, I'm a, 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 a town rivalry. Um, but uh, uh, no, U of O or University of Oregon. Every time, every time they play, uh, every time they play the Huskies, they have a shirt that says Ted Bundy was a Husky. And they also have uh, when they play uh, USC, they have OJ was uh, Trojan um, shirts. Um, it's, it's, it's really funny. I'm not. A, this is not a college sports uh, podcast, so we're going to talk about. Um, but. Um, um, so I'm going to recommend Lisk. Go listen to Lisk. Um, it's it's very good. And then you know what I was listening to? 
and I'm just going to say it, and people are going to be like, Ryan, that's so surprising that you were listening to that. Maybe they're not. But you know what? I was listening to Rise of Brutality by Hatebreed the other day, and you know what? That record, <laughs> that record, it fucking is filled with bangers. It's just, it is a meaty, hardcore record. It's like right from a great period of time in hardcore. Um, it was early on, before, before, like, and actually, I think hatebreed makes pretty consistent content but like but like i i think it's uh and, and i was listening to it and i was like you know what this is pretty all right so i'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest hatebreed and uh um joss and i are from the same town uh bridgeport connecticut and uh, oh fuck yeah dude yeah, so so um so i'm just gonna give him a big shout out and uh listen to some hatebreed you know what i mean like uh um don't become a cop though okay because <laughs> don't. for some reason like <laughs> no cops like hatebreed i don't know why that's like well it's because that's the actual hate breed that's what it is (laughs) um all right you want me jonas you got one yeah yeah i got a couple actually uh first one musically um slaughter to prevail dropped 1984 uh which is actually good Really cool video. It's a performance-based video as opposed to like some fucking crazy video. It's just performance-based, but it's also a little bit of a different sound for them. Um, because if you're familiar with them, Alex Terrible has that fucking ridiculous death, uh, death course snarling crazy voice. But in this one, he actually sings a little bit as opposed to doing just his real snarly shit that he does. And when I say that he sings a little bit, this is Alex Terrible, so he's not singing, quote-unquote, but he's doing a little bit of a cleaner vocalish part on a couple of things, and it's actually a cool sound compared to what they're usually doing. So um, it was a really good track. Um, and also, I went and saw Rage Against the Machine last night. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm only going to say this because I want to mention that they have not lost a fucking step. It was crazy how good the show was. Um, and like it was, it was Madison Square Garden, and the entire place was filled with like real fans of Rage. Like it was fucking, it was euphoric. It was so fucking cool. So just you know, fucking dive back into Rage's discography because the every fucking album's a banger. Every one of them is. So yo, how was how was Run the Jewels? Dude, Run the Jewels was fucking great. Like it was, yeah. it was also crazy because. Run the Jewels coming out to open up the show. Like, you know, it's most hip hop concerts, especially like if you're opening for a band that's heavier, the contrast is very different. So you're going to have different energies and stuff. But here's the thing about Run the Jewels their energy fucking matched Rage. Like, it they have a great. band energy. They do. They always, yeah. Even on record, they have a band energy. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, fucking amazing. So um, if you happen to be one of the people that gets the chance to see Rage on this tour, uh, I could not fucking, um, I could not tell you hard enough to go see it. Like, just do it. It's an amazing show. Um, m- Movie-wise, uh, talking about movies that fuck you up, uh, Paul, <laughs> this is a movie that just dropped on Shudder, and it fucked my world up in the best way. Um, it's called What Josiah Saw. And it is fucking bleak. But it is so good. <laughs> Shit. Dude, it is so good. I want to see it so bad. It's yo, so long and bleak. <laughs> oh, dude. It's one of those movies that, like, at the end of it, you are very happy that you saw it because you appreciate the art of it. But, like, you also will not forget the movie. Like, it's one of those movies that will stick to your fucking bones. 
Like it is, it's such a good movie. So, uh, yeah, what Josiah saw on right. Shutter. What Josiah saw. Okay. Yeah, right. It's yeah. When I say that it's bleak, I mean that in the sense of like the way that it's filmed, the storyline, the acting. It's just it's a perfectly dark film. So, definitely that one. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude! Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Um, I'll go. Uh, first, real quick, uh, this band uh, just announced a few weeks ago uh, their first performance is August 13th. I believe it's in Texas. I don't really care because I'm not going to be there. Uh, but then they surprise dropped their uh, EP. Uh, the band's called Fugitive. The EP is called Maniac. And it's uh, members of Power Trip and Creeping Death. Oh, and shit. Blake. From Power Trip, the guitarist from Power Trip's new band, and it fucking rules. If you like Power Trip, you'll dig this. They'll never be a, a, a replacement for Power Trip, and especially Riley. But holy shit, uh, Blake Ibanez is a fucking killer guitarist, and this is just an awesome fucking EP. So very excited about this band. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is this new show on HBO called The Rehearsal with Nathan Fielder. Uh, and I don't know if anybody saw Nathan for you, an excellent show on Comedy Central. Um, I, please look that up. Uh, it's amazing. But the rehearsal is, uh, is a TV show. It's, it's a reality show. It's basically uh, Nathan Fielder is a Canadian comic, I guess. He's incredibly awkward in everything he does. And he, this show is he's basically helping people uh, rehearse uncomfortable life situations or events so uh like there was a dude that had been lying to his bar trivia team about his level of education and he was worried about telling them uh because uh there was one woman group that he was scared of so he nathan fielder basically recreated this event like like practiced him doing this and and that's insane and and but but what drives this more insane is the level of recreation he does for the show. So he, he the, the dude core, he's like, I got to tell this this woman that I'm not I, I don't have my bachelorette. Don't laugh at me. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, so Paul, uh, Graham also is super into marble racing. So the, just to give you a little pre. Like, no, no, no. Come on. The Nathan Field, don't. The fucking rehearsal is fantastic. Don't get. Uh, anyway. So he. So anyway, he, he fucking. He tells. He tells Nathan. Uh, yeah, we're going to go to this. The, the Alligator Lounge, which is a real place here in New York City. And he's going to tell her this. And, and so they're going to recreate. So he recreates the entire fucking bar down to the, like every single detail just to practice this. Then in the next episode, after that's fucking done, he has to go to Ohio. He doesn't know what to do. So he just ships the entire fucking bar to a field in Ohio. It's fucking insane. The production that's going into this show that makes sense to begin with. You're, like, you're, there's no real <laughs> point to it. It's incredible. Graham, so please watch this. I'm blown away every time I see okay, it. Okay, okay. Uh, your, your, your Wi-Fi is running out. <laughs> it might have just been me. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Paul, take us out. All right. So I wanted to, uh, there's a couple of podcasts and a band to check out. Sweet. The uh, 
I wanted to mention there's now this podcast is only just kind of starting out. They haven't been in the game that long, but they got a great vibe and they have a good concept behind what they're doing. It's called Inspired by Movies. And the premise of the podcast is that they kind of do um, they, they take a look at movies that are based off of real events and they go into details about the production of the films, you know, the real events that they were based on and stuff. It's pretty informative, man. And the hosts uh-huh. are all cool. They got good energy. It's chatty, like kind of a, a not dissimilar format to to you guys. Uh, but they got a good flow with one another, inspired by movies. And then um, the, this next one is definitely higher profile. I'm sure that everybody is hip to it already. But Kyle and I listen to this podcast a lot when we're out on the road. But Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves, he has a podcast called the X-Man Podcast, EX. And it just basically, it's all interviews with uh, ex-members of bands or oh, in certain cool. cases, even, yeah, even like bands that Doc was in, like he'll get cats with dudes in, you know, that, in bands that he used to be in, interview him and stuff. And then uh, there's a killer thrash band out of New Jersey called Midnight Hellion. M-I-D-N-I-T-E Hellion. And uh, they actually just finished a two-month tour with Anvil, boys. They just got off the road. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So uh, I think the last date was Reggie's Rock Club in Chicago. But yeah, Midnight uh, Midnight Hellion. Killer New Jersey thrash. Been around for a long time. But um, Released, Released Kingdom Immortal this year. That is exactly right, dude. Kingdom Immortal just came out in 2022, so they're uh, they're dialing the heat on the burner up themselves. Sweet, fuck it. yeah, excellent. Um, so much for taking time uh, with us. Where can we? Uh, where can people find your music and stuff? And where can people uh, summon demons from? Uh, summon magic and demons and all that stuff from the Codex. Uh, yes, that's exactly right. So. <laughs> Come out to our shows, a.k.a. our rituals. We're going to, we actually have two nights in Phoenix, Arizona at the Blues Bar this weekend. We're playing in Denver at Lion's Lair the following weekend, and then we're flying out to South Carolina to play the Art Bar in Columbia. Um, Got a bunch of dates in Texas and stuff coming up. And uh, you can find us on all the pertinent social media stuff. We're on Spotify. We're on Bandcamp. We, uh, uh, there's our actual website, pathosandlogos.com, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok has finally happened. TikTok has happened. <laughs> we, we took the leap onto the old TikTok there. You know, TikTok, TikTok gets a lot of shit, but there's great content on it. And Ryan's been trying to get me on there for a while. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's it's good, dude. It is. It's really good. It's very entertaining. I find that it is, I'm sure you probably do as well. It's also very informative. Yeah. You can learn a lot of stuff on TikTok. Yeah. And I mean, like the algorithm is really tight, so you can kind of stay away from crap you usually don't like. And and they, and they there's like, there's tons of funny stuff, but there's also like, just like really like lots of like, lots of great information on there. Like, you know, it's easy to say it's a kid's app or it's a dancing app and all that shit, but I haven't found that to be true. I actually find a lot of really, really cool shit on there and I'll totally follow you guys on there. And um, so like, you know, I'm pro TikTok. I don't care what anybody says. Fuck them. You know what I mean? Dude, I'll tell you what. (laughs) I did some dumpster diving on TikTok and found some of the funniest shit ever. So like, I just, there's good stuff on there. Dude, I looked for like the worst possible shit that I could find and the rabbit holes that I went down on it were like, oh, 
this is amazing actually like i haven't actually signed up for it myself yet it's happening soon but like i said i I went down the shit heap rabbit hole and just found some of the funniest stuff on there so it's like all right i'm sold on it yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) yeah no dude you're right just because there's kids on there doing Fortnite dances and stuff it honestly all all ages and just uh, a well a plethora of information on basically any subject you could want to know yeah, exactly, and that's uh, and I'm 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 kind of about it. Um, cool. Um, so awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, please uh, check. Yeah, out thank you. Me. This was awesome. Thank and, uh, you, fellas. And big shout out um, to all the people, uh, Canada. So it's going United States, uh, United Kingdom, Canada, New Zealand. You are still ahead of Australia. Just so you know, Germany hanging right in there, right after Australia, Sweden strong and then mexico i just love i just love that mexico like we have such a listenership in mexico it just makes me so happy um it's awesome i just fucking love mexico it's like every time i'm there I'm like, yeah. it's just like like such a fucking great place it's just the the food and the people and everything i, I just love mexico. Um, have you so, actually been to mexico or have you only been to cabo san lucas i'm just curious like there's there's a definite you? difference because they're um, both uh, they're both awesome and they're both different types of awesome. So um, so the last time I was there, I was in Colima checking out uh, banana plantations while because I sell produce for a living, um, and we stayed in a little town and uh, I hadn't seen I didn't see any other Americans for like a week and a half. And the first one yes. I saw the first one I saw at an airport had a had a hat on that said tequila por favor. And I'm like I don't think I'm going back to America. I just I just like. <laughs> Like that's what you got out of being here with these with these people, like tequila for the war. Like no, no, like, we just we we ship one of our shitty ones over there. That's what yeah, happened. No, <laughs> he just like, he stumbled out of there. I'd walk along the street there, and somebody who lives in a cinder block house would be cooking food out front, and then I'd be like, "Oh, that smells good," and they'd be like, "Oh, you want some?" And I'd be like, "Amazing, dude, are you like, dude, like?" I couldn't get my neighbors. I wouldn't give my neighbors that I like something. You know what I mean? Like it's like, <laughs> like, it's like so. Um, but uh, but no, I love Mexico and thank you for listening. Uh, uh, thank you to uh, we do have our Patreon. Please go check out our Patreon, aghp six 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 at patreon.com. Graham, give him a shout out. Uh crap. Sorry. Uh, I should, could probably do this by uh, by memory, but I'm not going to try. He's all. He's all like. Up. He's all like. He's all like wrapped up. Kristen Pearl, Ashley Ketchum, <laughs> Chris Fortune, Alan Graham, Jake Jolly, Ron Canaba, Drew Muldowney, and Stephanie Gurley. Thank you. Well, part of the yeah. army of the goddamn. And thank you, um, everybody. Remember, if you are struggling or if life is too hard, please reach out to us. We will respond. And uh, we, we all do this shit together. Us horror, metal, hip-hop, punk kids all need to stay together till the very end. Uh, we need each other and we love you. Um, so please reach out if you need it. And remember, in the meantime, once you start some fires, break some glass. Thank you all.